0: Hello, friends, and welcome to another Ask Zach. Today, we are going to talk about the Grandpa, the Mac Daddy, the you know original pedal compressor, the Script Logo Dynacomp. So, we're going to talk a bit about its history, the players, how it's been used through the years. Which is interesting because it wasn't always this kind of always-on box. It was used literally as an effect uh, earlier on, and uh, yeah, and just my take on it. And how much uh, compressors have kind of changed through the years. And I'm going to kind of, at the end, I'll give you my my take on the script logo Dynacomp. All right. So while we're thinking about it, if you've been watching the show and you haven't subscribed yet, then uh, please go down in the corner. And if you have been watching the show uh, and you've subscribed, then I ask that you please uh, support it. That's what keeps it going. So you can go to AskZach.com. And you can hit the store there, and we've got you know t-shirts and mugs and hats and such. We've got tip jar information in the description. And then also at AskZack.com, we've got friends of AskZack, for those of you that have asked about supporting the channel on a monthly basis. So please check that out. All right, back to the Dynacomp. All right, so here she is. And uh, the, the Dynacomp was the first you know, pedal compressor. And it came out in 1972. A little bit after that came the, uh, the orange squeezer by Dan Armstrong, which also had its own, you know, kind of fans. But, uh, as Steve Gibson, who he will, I'll mention him more throughout the episode, Steve Gibson, uh, one of the great Nashville session guitar players and the musical director for the Grand Ole Opry for many years, and also the musical director for many of the award shows like the CMAs and such that that you've seen through the years. And worked from worked with everyone from George Harrison to Ricky Skaggs and Vince Gill and everyone in between. An amazing guitar player, an amazing guy, and who's really had he's produced a lot of records. And so he really, you know, kind of had the uh uh really knew what was going on the whole time because he's he's been here, you know, at least since the early seventies. So he told me that the DynaComp had a kinda had a leg up in Nashville over the orange squeezer because the orange squeezer plugged directly into the guitar. And you know the recessed jack on a telecaster makes it it's you can't plug it in properly. Also on a strat, the same thing. Now what some guys did, like Martin Offler and Ry Cooter, was they took their Strat, you know, the little uh, oval-shaped output jack, and they actually flipped it around where it was inside out. So, anyway, but the, uh, the Dynacomp became kind of the, uh, yes, the Nashville compressor, as uh, MXR, you know, Jim Dunlop puts in their uh, marketing uh, spiel. So, yeah, it, uh, you know, it was developed by, uh, by Keith Barr and uh, Richard N- Nitro, and they uh, you know they were wanting a compact uh you know pedal you know compressor and it was all designed around this vca or voltage controlled amplifier called a ca3080 and so they liked the attack of it and they liked the feel of it and they but they but it had noise issues and they just kind of overlooked the noise because they really liked the feel of it and the attack of it, so they went with that. The original uh, 3080s look like a little tin can, okay. And so, if you see a board, you'll see, you know, it's it's this you know little you know silver tin can looking thing that's on there in the in the middle upper part of the uh, circuit board. And then uh, and that's that's the way you know the that's kind of how the pedal was from its inception in 1972 and it it changed in around 77 when they went to the block logo. And again, there's always overlap, but by the, by the time the block logo came along, they had switched to using a, a 3080 that was like a normal IC and it looks, you know, of course, like a black rectangle with a bunch of legs on it, like a spider, you know, what you would think of as an IC, but, uh, I'll just tell you right now, there's something about the old ICs and the, the little tin can, and you can call it voodoo or whatever, but uh they uh they have a uh they have a certain thing to them. All right, uh kind of getting more into the history of them. The earliest ones are really lightweight the earliest script logo Dynacomps, and that's because they have an aluminum housing uh, or and they're kind of they're usually called bud boxes and that's because if you open up the housing you'll see a uh, a bud stamp and that was just the company that made the housing so it was made by bud and then they moved on by let's see around 74 or so to using a zinc housing and that housing of course is much heavier and so you know when if you're looking if you have you know the luxury of looking at a bunch of script logo Dynacomps, then the earlier ones will be lighter and the heavier ones are the the later era ones and they stayed in the uh, the zinc uh housing with the script logo till 77 and then of course you get the change to block logo and uh, yeah and then of course it went to block logo Then you have, uh, you know, MXR started getting beat up by uh, Boss and Ibanez, and they ended up, you know, they started ART, which was, you know, making rack effects, and they had some success with that. And then they ended up selling off MXR eventually to uh, Jim Dunlop, who currently owns the trademark and designs, and ART went to Yorkville up in Canada. Yeah, so... Pretty early on, um, it was. You know, it, it's funny how the the mindset about compressors has changed. For a lot of guys in Nashville, and you know, outside of Nashville too, the compressor isn't always on effect. You know, it's something that's just left on and it's used to smooth out their signal. Well, that wasn't always the case. And again, this is thanks to Steve Gibson who, who let me in on this. And that's, you know, the session players in Nashville, if they wanted compression, just leveling, if they just wanted to smooth out their signal, well, they would ask the engineer or the engineer would use an LA-2A or some nice compressor. And that's how they would smooth it out. Also, Nashville guitar players didn't have pedal boards back in the 70s. So they had these boxes that they would keep in a bag or a briefcase and they would just pull them out as needed. And so the Dynacomp was something that yes, everybody had and it was used, but it was only used for certain things. So let's say you wanted a guitar part to have more sustain and to stick out. Well, then that would be, you know, and be kind of exaggerated. Well, they would use a Dynacomp for that and they would use it for that, you know, part, and then they would take it out, they'd unplug it. So it really was an effect. And so the intro piece that I played, which is Merle Haggard's Footlights, and then of course the amazing part was played by uh, Reggie Young, of course one of my big heroes. Uh, he uh, he used a DynaComp. I think he used a Strat on it. It sounds a little clucky on there. It sounds like it could be either the front two or back two pickups on his old uh, you know, Sunburst '50s Telly that he that he played on a ton of sessions but uh, it's a it's a neat part and you can tell i mean it's it's heavily compressed and you have this kind of thing and and that's the way compressors compressor pedals were kind of used It was used when you wanted a guitar part a clean sound to stick out, have more sustain and again it was an effect it was not just something that was left on all the time. That's something that happened later. Um, now to take an example of that that's not country, you know, so I don't completely pigeonhole myself. I know I'm a telly guy and live in Nashville and playing a Deluxe Reverb with a Dynacomp. Um, now here's a part that sounds like they were using compression as an effect. And this was played by Mike Rutherford on the Genesis tune, um, That's All. So, you know, the the songs in in G, E minor, it kind of keeps shifting back and forth, which, of course, E minor is the relative minor of G major. And uh, you have, you know, this kind of thing. You have the... again, it's being used as an effect because that was a pop song in 1983 and they're playing this clean guitar part. And if you didn't have the compression on there, well, then you would have had to use overdrive or heavy chorus or something else to try to help make that part really pop out. And evidently they wanted to play it clean and so they used heavy comp- compression. Yeah, So I think that's uh, really illuminating again because the mindset in today's age is that a compressor is kind of an always on effect. And I guess in some ways that's using it like a like a studio would with just a, a light amount of compression. So, yeah, so that's how it kind of came along. And of course the Dynacomp had a, a huge following. And of course it was it was kind of the the only game in town, again, besides the orange squeezer, which had limitations uh, I will say one other thing about the orange squeezer a lot of three thirty five guys played the orange squeezer because it was so easy to plug in on the top mounted jack so Jay Graydon used one with Steely Dan, you know like on Peg Lee Rittenauer in fact has this mark, a circular mark where the orange squeezer kind of rotated on his guitar and he's read three thirty five and put a big mark on it uh yeah, even uh you know Mark Knopfler is supposed to have used a uh a, uh, an orange squeezer on some of the early stuff. And it certainly sounds like there's heavy, heavy compression on there. Yeah. So, uh, but the, the Dynacomp, you know, of course had a, a bigger following cause it was, you know, easier to use. didn't have to plug it onto the guitar. So there's all sorts of footage of Pete Townsend using one where you can see it where it's his only effect on stage and he's turning it off and on. Uh, Lowell George used two of them in series, which is just crazy. But of course he got a, a fantastic clean, uh, slide tone with a lot of sustain. Of course, David Gilmore, Bonnie Raitt used one all through the 70s and she switched to a Boss Compressor later on. Uh, Jerry Reed was one of the big fans and proponents of the, uh, you know, the Dynacomp, And so you can hear it like on Eastbound and Down and other, you know, Jerry Reed tunes where he's playing electric guitar. You can really hear the Dyna uh, squashing. Of course, my hero, Reg Young, used it as an effect and sometimes as a smoothing device you know on uh, on recordings uh Andy Summers with the Police used the Dynacomp uh you know even you know the Edge used one quite a bit and then uh even George Harrison uh when he toured Japan that kind of last tour that he did with Clapton's band he had a uh, a Dynacomp and uh yeah so it's a it's a, a great effect and it kind of started the whole compressor pedal thing and then of course all sorts of other guys came after that. Really it was kind of the boss compressors in the 80s and then of course you had uh you know things coming out in the 90s and 2000s where you actually had variations. Uh, a side note, you know the uh the Ross compressor is talked about a lot, but I just I need you to know that that is a exceedingly rare pedal. They are hard to find and yes, it's a uh you know kind of improvement over the DynaComp but it was not common. I mean, they are incredibly hard to find, and really, you know, Trey with Fish was kind of the guy that popularized them many years after they were, you know, no longer even being made. So, anywho, Dynacomp. Um, Let's, let's, uh, you know, let's kind of set it in a a, a less extreme fashion, but also I want to show you what the Dynacomp is doing to your tone. So, one, I've got this going through a true bypass little looper thing, and the reason is is that I just have to tell you right now, the script logo DynaComp has a terrible bypass. I mean, it completely kills your tone when you turn it off, uh, and that's why you'll see a lot of them out there that have been modified to have a true bypass switch. And of course, there's no LED on there, so that's another thing that's you know been put on many of them. And frankly, I don't think that's a, a, a bad thing. It just makes it a better deal for you if you want to grab one of these. Uh, when you turn them on, uh, it is not a transparent compressor in any way. Even if you turn it down a lot, it frankly uh, adds a sheen to your high end and it cuts bass. Now, in some ways, you know, probably for an engineer, they might like that. You know, the fact that the guitar player's bass was cut a little bit and the high end has a sheen to it. And it can be a good thing. In some ways, you know, people think that you put an old Dynacomp on, it sounds like the guitar has been mastered or something. But uh, it, uh, it does really uh, kill, you know, low end. Uh, yeah, so let's just hear that real quick. I'm just going to, you know... So you can hear that it's really lopping that stuff off and that's and I've got it set towards unity gain so on the high end it's still you know similar output let me you know again this is this is with the sensitivity up pretty high it's you know around 10 o'clock and I've got the output about noon the uh, really the you know what people think of as the classic setting where it's more subtle is to have them have the knobs facing each other like that maybe the output just back it off a touch. And that's, that's kind of the, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. you can hear it squashing and sustaining, but not to the degree it was when I was playing the earlier thing. So if I played that Reggie Young thing, again, you get it So my take on the DynaComp, um, I bought this one years ago, and uh, I've had a bunch of different DynaComps. I've had reissues made by Dunlop. I've had Block Logo ones. I've had Script Logo ones, and I have to say, for what it is, not to get into the hype or anything, but the old Script Logo ones with the canned, you know, the CA, you know, thirty, thirty eighty. Uh, they just, they have something to them. They do have a little bit, something extra special. I remember buying a a block logo one, and a buddy of mine bought a script logo one, and I was proud of the fact that, you know, my Dynacomp was $50 cheaper. Again, this was many, many years ago, uh, buying them from a a little shop in Nashville called Tusculum Music that had all sorts of great used pedals. And then I did a comparison between my block logo one, again, it was still a 70s block logo, and, and his you know, the script logo one and, and his, yeah, his just felt better. It just felt. And I, I feel like the, uh, yeah, the, the old script logo ones. And, and, I, and I tend to prefer the ones with the zinc housing, the heavier ones. And I don't know if that's voodoo or not, but, uh, yeah, the zinc ones I've played, I tended up tended to like the, uh, the sound of them more again, that might be getting into voodoo and such, but, uh, yeah. So, I have this one. I would never, you know, get rid of it. Um, but do I suggest that somebody go out and buy one? I don't know. It depends on what you want. Now it has a, it has a one trick that it does and it's, and it's a great trick, but if you're wanting like a subtle compressor, there's so many other things out there that will do a better job. Uh, especially, you know, ones with a mix control like the Barber Tone Press, the uh, Wampler Ego compressor, or the True Tone Route 66, or you know, or even there's the the Mirage compressor, like uh, you know, another one of my heroes, John Leventhal uses, and uh, that's a good kind of subtle compressor, but it just has two knobs and it just tends to, yeah, you know, smooth things out and not be the exaggerated thing. The other thing that's a, uh, that's tough about these compressor pedals is they uh, they bring up noise, you know, and that's just part of the, you know, a compressor pedal is going to tend to bring up noise because of the fact that it's bringing up weak signal. It's amplifying it. So, yeah. So if you want a really cool effect, if you want a Dynacomp, then, you know, try to find an old, you know, script logo one. They're They're really neat. But if you're wanting something to smooth it out, go somewhere else. All right. One last thing, just kind of a, a, a lesson thing. And that's just on the, uh, the Reggie Young Um, footlights solo. I just really love this kind of major minor thing that, that, uh, that he does, you know, I just think that's a, that's a, that's a great thing. And I think also this solo is is really good for uh, working on your bends and getting them exact, you know, kind of, dragging them out and such so you know work on that a bit all right guys well thank you so much we'll see you next time bye